0: Hey guys, just want to give you one last reminder that the recordings of our four-day workshop will be removed after this weekend. So if you haven't had time to review or if you haven't watched them at all, make sure you invest some time this weekend to doing so. It's 10 plus hours of training. And my recommendation is that you don't try to watch all 10 hours in a single sitting. Trust me, most of the information is going to go through one ear and out the other and nothing's really going to marinate and you won't see any long lasting change from a learning perspective. So, the link to those recordings are in the show notes below this podcast. And I hope you enjoy another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Akil Stokes. Thank you for joining. If you guys are new, I'm a Forex trader, a trading coach, and one of the co-founders over at tier1trading.com. And this is a podcast that I release three times a week, giving you some insights to my trading journey, and hopefully teaching you some lessons on the way um, that will help you become a consistently profitable trader. And also, you get also get a step ahead in life, whether it's just kind of self improvement, self development, whether it's entrepreneurship. I think we kind of hit on a, a handful of, of different topics because it's well many of the things that will help make you a better trader actually start off as habits that you need to develop in your life. So they kind of go hand in hand. If you guys are looking for more chart work, I know many of you guys listen to this on YouTube and you're wondering how come there's no picture. It's because this is a podcast, but each and every week I do release a YouTube video as well. So make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Akil Stokes, hit that subscribe button and make sure that notification bell is hit. That way you don't miss my next Video And trust me, we got some pretty cool stuff uh, happening, so uh, you want to be on, uh, you want to be in the know, let's put it that way. Now, in today's episode, uh, I want to share a few, uh, well, I guess let's start off like this. I was scrolling through to Twitter today just randomly, right, responding to kind of comments and questions that I got, and I came across a tweet by uh, someone that I love to follow, James Clear. Now, James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits. Full disclosure, I have not read the book yet. I'm a little behind since I ditched audiobooks and kind of went back to old school paper reading. But. Um, Everything I've heard about this book is fantastic. It was actually uh, uh, gifted to me by a good friend of mine who said, Akil, you have to read it. And I've got about four other friends in the space that said, Akil, this is a much, um, must read as well. So although I haven't read it and I, I can't give you my personal feedback on it, everything I've heard says it's a fantastic read. It's, it's going to just make you better at life. And James put out a tweet today um, and it said, the four qualities of a great career are one. I enjoy it, two, I'm good at it, three, I make good money, and four, I'm around fascinating people. And, and I, I think we would all agree with that, right? I think if you look at what your dream job is, right? I think when you're younger, you think of a dream job as, as being something that just makes you as much money as possible because, you know, typically when you I don't know if we don't have money, but typically money is the the kind of the number one motivator for a lot of people. But then as you get older and you realize that money isn't everything, that you realize that um, there is a a, a gap that happens from when you have no money to some money as far as your happiness goes and your comfort in life to when you have some money and a little bit more money and you start realizing that other things are more important. For example, time. I I used to be a big person that says, financial freedom, financial freedom. All I want is financial freedom. Everything I I preach was financial freedom, right, until I was at a point where I was financially free but didn't really have time to enjoy it. And and all of a sudden, financial freedom wasn't so fun, right? it wasn't really free. It was financially free, I guess, but it wasn't life free. And I kind of switched philosophies to the most important thing being freedom of time. And and, and those two can go hand to hand, right? When you are financially free, it can lead to freedom of time, but they're not necessarily the same thing. And it kind of goes back to, uh, if you ever read the book Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, the difference between being self-employed and being a business owner right you can look at maybe the financial statement and they both say exactly the same thing you can have two people in in each of those categories and they make the same salary or whatnot They, they they bring home the same amount per year But the difference between the self-employed individual uh, who is working for themselves, they are their own boss, and the business owner or investor who is kind of the boss, they have people working for them, is that the self-employed person, right, the, the wealth isn't the same because the amount of money that they bring in is tethered to how much time they invest, right? It's the whole time versus money thing, right? In order to make more money, they need to invest more time, right? More time, more money, less time, less money. Where an entrepreneur or an investor is the exact opposite, right? And this is kind of the definition of wealth is how much money can your money continue to produce for you without you needing to necessarily invest the time. And you'll see that there's a a massive difference in that. so my mindset has changed over time, and it's changed about a few things as well. And when I look at this, I guess we'll start off by just going through the, the, the four, right? I, I think you do want to enjoy what you do, right? I think that's very important in life. Again, money is great, but if you don't really have a passion, if you don't enjoy what you do, if you're making a lot of money, but it's torturous each and every day, then it's it's not really fun. You're not really getting the most out of life. You're, you're kind of just... I would say you're probably in a negative mind space, which isn't a good thing for the rest of your life. And, and I've had a few a few friends who are like that, where they, they work jobs, they made a very good salary, um, but they didn't enjoy what they do. And that kind of followed them home to their social life it followed them home to their family. And they were kind of miserable um, when they shouldn't be. Two is it should be something you're good at, and I think that is true, and I think that's that's probably the most obvious one up there, right? If you are, it's probably going to be hard to make a career out of something if you're not good at it, right? So you, you want to be good at it, but I guess this, num- this one is more so for people that are kind of discovering what they want to do in life, and... I always, you know, whenever I talk to people about, uh, you know, we had a, a big group of these people that happened over the the COVID experience, right, where they got furloughed, or they got fired, they have all this free time and they're trying to figure out, hey, this is a perfect time or perfect excuse to kind of take the next jump in my career. But Akhil, what do I do? And the first direction that I always point people in is that, okay, what, what are your skills? What are you good at? right? And this can be tough because maybe you never thought about it, right? And this is the old good pad and pen, right? Write down some of your good qualities. Are you good with numbers? Are you good with people? Are you artsy? Are you mathematical? Are you scientific? Are you crafty, right? Write down some of the skills that you're good at. And then I was going to say, just brainstorm what you can do out of those areas. But this is 2020. There's something called the Googler, right? (laughs) Head over to the Google and um, just... Enter those skills, and I guarantee you can probably come up with a, a very long list of careers or hobbies or whatnot that take those skills into account. Um, but I think it's obvious you want to be good at something. So it, it's a, it may seem obvious, but you know maybe it's not so obvious for people that are looking out there to go on their own path. Number three is make good money, right? A great career. I make good money, right? We always talk about money isn't everything. Um, it's not everything, but it is something. Money is is very important to many people. It's not in it's, it's it's gonna be different depending on who you are, right? We all value money differently. And and I don't think um, I don't think it's an argument that we can win win, right? You're supposed to stay away from money, politics, and religion. Those are the three hot spots. Um, it's hard to it's hard to argue with someone over how they value money because we're just all wired differently um there are people that value money there are people that value material things you know i'm someone that i don't personally value material things right i'm not a show-offy type of person i'm a kind of very basic if i don't need to spend money on it i will not or i have my things that i spend money on like microphones and cameras right and stuff like that and and, and sporting events right so i spend my money on stuff like that but i don't spend my money on cars i don't spend my money on you know kind of clothing jewelry anything like that that's just my personal preference now everyone's different right if you have a thing for watches if you have a thing for nice suits there's nothing wrong with that um so when you say I make good money, again, you have to kind of qualify that under your lifestyle. What is good money for you? And what do you want to achieve? Right? Think 10 years forward. What would your perfect life look like? And then kind of map out how much that perfect life, life will cost. And you'll have a good idea of how much money you need to make to get to that perfect life. And number four is I'm around fascinating people. And If you would have talked to me or spoke to me in the past, I would have said, who cares about number four, right? I am not a very social person um, at all. My wife's just yelling at me because I I took my kid to the park and my kid made some friends. She's like, did you get the dad's phone number? I'm like, no. She's like, why why not? I'm like, I just don't care. Um, That's just me. I'm not a social person and and, and I've never really been that way. I'm not antisocial. I'm I'm very sociable, right? And when, When I become friends with you, I just don't have a reason or a desire to make new friends I kind of keep my circle tight and I like it that way. Um, but something that has been amazing with, with with my career path and my journey is so I'm fortunate enough to work in um, the foreign exchange business, right? I'm a forex trader. I am a forex trading coach. And in my career of coaching, I've worked with traders from over 120 different countries worldwide. And it's cool to see the different experiences that you get, right? I'm, I'm from here in America. I'm from a very specific upbringing, right? I have views that are created because of my upbringing. I, I don't know what it's like on the other side of the world. So it is fascinating to me to speak to people in Spain, speak to people in Italy, in Germany, in the Netherlands, in Australia, uh, Canada, to see kind of just what the different looks at life are, right? We always go back and forth with people over in the UK about different terminologies we have for stuff where they say one thing that's completely weird and we say it the right way here in America and they make fun of us. (laughs) Um, But I think it's fascinating. And at the same time, we also work with traders, um, many of who are entrepreneurs in their own right. So we have people that own restaurants. We have people that own self-help businesses. We have people that own marketing agencies. We have people, someone owns a chocolate factory, right? it's, It's pretty cool to experience different people and it really builds a network so all of a sudden when you when you run into someone that wants something you can forward them to someone that you know or someone has a question about hey you know i'm looking to do a commercial chocolate business how do i do this and you forward them to that person and say oh wow, well, let me ask this person um and it's kind of just fascinating to learn and i think if you're someone that has that growth mindset The idea is to continue to develop. You guys know my philosophy on life. It is the Kaizen philosophy of continuous improvement, right? One degree change, 1% of improvement each and every day. And when you surround yourself with great individuals that have different experiences, experiences that you may lack, you're just always learning. And and, and that is, it's it's fascinating to be around fascinating people. Um, And maybe you're not someone that has, you know, the desire or even the the business opportunity to meet people from all around the world. It can go the same thing for people in your community, right? It can be uh, my wife, for example, she's a part of a business networking group they meet. Each and every Friday and, and what they do is they have someone from kind of you know I guess every type of business you can imagine they have a representative there and they do these things called one on ones where you have to get to know someone. So you have to have like a little 30 minute meeting where you know you interview each other. You get to know each other and, and kind of understand your business. And it's so cool to see the different relations that they build where you assume that, hey, this guy's a carpet cleaner, so this is all he does. And then you get to know him and there's like a science behind it. And and you get to explain your business and hey, you're a beauty consultant. But that's not all you do. You do it, You do this and do that. So you make those business uh, connections, which are great, but you you just in general get a better idea of what it takes to be in that industry. Because I think we would all agree, when we do something, right? I guess, right, let's put it this way. When, when we see something from the outside, we, we don't really understand the details that go into making it successful. And when you understand those details, whether it's something that seems simple or it's something that's super complicated, you just appreciate it more. And I think that's something that we need to have in general is a, a better appreciation for each other right? Just understanding that, hey, you know, you know, we're not walking in someone else's shoes, so we don't have the right to say something is easy, something is hard. Um, I think we should appreciate everyone's job and, and, and what it takes to be an expert in that field because you got to be pretty damn good if you're an expert in that field. Um, so I, I do like these, these four lists, but something that I've kind of gone back on over the years is number one, enjoy it, right? Because I I used to preach this. I used to preach that if you want to be a successful trader, this when I was very close minded fixed-minded, right? If you want to be, you can't be, I was that direct, right? And that direct and confident. You can't be a successful trader unless you love trading. Now, how many of you guys would agree with that? Do you think that's true? You have to have a passion. You have to love trading to be a successful trader. Now, I said that because it didn't necessarily have to do with the skill of trading, right? I think the skill is a skill, right? You don't have to love basketball to be good at basketball to make a jump shot. But what I do think is I think that passion, that desire, um, that love for it, I guess, that uh, I think that's the thing, at least this was my opinion, that's the thing that gets you over the hump, right? We, we, we will all come to a point in whatever we're doing where stuff gets hard right? We know the learning curve is very easy at first, right? When you go from knowing nothing about a skill to learning anything, it's a big jump in your learning curve, right? But as you get closer and closer to expertise, right, it's harder and harder to make those big improvements. The improvements become less and less. And at some point, you plateau. At some point, you get stuck. At some point, you get to a hurdle. And in trading, at least, and I'm sure it's like this in every other field as well, that hurdle is very, very frustrating, because you feel like you're giving your all and you're getting nowhere. You're running, you're running, you're running, but you've got this weight that's carrying you back or you're on a treadmill and you're going nowhere. And it's very frustrating. And what happens is that most people get to that point of frustration and they give up. And why do they give up? Because they don't really like it. So I used to say that you have to love what you do because that love for trading, that ability to say, Hey, I'm going to still do this, even though I'm consistently losing money, you've got to be either crazy or you got to love it. And people that, push through it, people that stick with it and kind of beat that door down, right? They break through it and they become consistently profitable traders on the other side. And and I thought that was directly related to passion and enjoyment and love. But I remember having a conversation with one of my business partners, actually a conversation with, I think it was Darren and and Jason Greystone. Um, And we were talking about this subject and you know, those are people whose opinions I take very seriously, right? Jason is awesome. He's, you know, if you guys aren't part of Tears of Freedom, you need to be right now. If you're not subscribed to the Always Free podcast and the Always Free newsletter, you need to be right now. It is a bunch of free content that is going to make you better at life. Um, you. Do not say that you want to be successful and, and don't be subscribed to that stuff. So Jason's very knowledgeable. He's, he has a lot more experience than me in in business and different types of businesses. So I always listen to what he says. Right? He, he's a, a wise man. Darren is also a very wise man. I know you guys don't know a lot about Darren, but Darren is like a we call him a machine. He is like a computer. He is like a robot. He, he rarely says anything that isn't very calculated so when he talks it, it makes sense and we were having this roundtable discussion at one of our meetings and I'm, I'm over there arguing like you got to be passionate and, and and they made the case that you don't and you know what it changed my mind you I do think being passionate loving it will make it easier because again you're going to it's going to be easier to fight through those frustrating points when you love what you do again I, I go back to basketball right there got to a point in basketball where all of a sudden, you know, I used to be really, really, really good. And then the competition went up and I wasn't as good, but I was still at the park shooting every day because, you know, I just loved it. I just loved shooting. So whether I made the team or I didn't make the team, I was going to be at the, at the park, getting those shots up, no matter what. And and getting those shots up is what allowed me to get over that obstacle and and, and end up making the AAU teams and and, and whatnot. And I think that's part of the passion. If, If I didn't enjoy basketball, would I have, practice so hard? Would I have woken up early in the morning to get those shots in? Probably not. And if I didn't put in that work, I probably wouldn't have been successful. But here's what's interesting. And this is what Darren brought up. He says, you don't necessarily have to be passionate about the what, right? The what you're doing. But if you're passionate enough about the why, then that's going to motivate you to do the what. And, and what I mean is this, and, and I had some a moment of self-reflection, right? And I realized, right, although I am passionate about trading, um, if you go back to when I first took off on my journey to be a consistently profitable trader and make it kind of a full-time gig, the reason I did so wasn't just because I loved trading. The main reason wasn't because I was in love with trading. The main reason is because I wanted to do something else, right? So let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to 2007, eight, right? And I'm in grad school. I'm about to graduate grad school, whatever like that. Um, And I didn't, I I didn't, I I think I had to be, Yeah, I had to be taking my grad school test that summer, which I ended up failing a certain part and had to take it next summer anyway. Anyway. Um, But I remember I was done an internship, right? At the time I I was, I was working in the school district with children that had uh, mental and behavioral um, issues. I was coaching track and field um, at the school I was going to, and I was cleaning toilets at night. Um... Two of those jobs I didn't like. They they weren't long-term uh, careers for me. And one of those jobs I did enjoy. Right, I did enjoy working in the school district. It, 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 was, a, it was a very frustrating and tough job. So it was it was something where there's a high turnover because those cases they burn you out. They burn you out quick. Um, so I knew that wasn't something that I was going to do for the rest of my life. It, it was good. I made good money doing it. I, I, I had purpose. I was. I felt like I was helping people. I was learning more about um, mental health, which was big um, because I, I didn't have those experience. So I had certain assumptions that were wrong, and, and that helped clear that up uh, massively. Um, in hindsight, it also gave me the patience, which I need needed to become a consistently profitable trader. Trust me, when you're when you're dealing, when you you have to have patience when when people children are escalating, and you can't escalate with them so it it taught me a lot of cool and calmness under pressure and different techniques to kind of calm people down um but i didn't see this long-term career obviously cleaning toilets wasn't going to be a long-term career i actually got um The guy I was working for actually asked me if I wanted to join the business with him. We had, you know, grow it and whatnot because he trusted me. I did a good job. I would have my own team and whatnot, um, which is cool from an entrepreneurial perspective. I could have been the boss and not actually have to clean it, which would have been cool. But I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. I wasn't ready to take on that. Coaching track and field is what I loved. Um, It's what I wanted to do. Um, The bad part was my contract was was ending and I wasn't going to be able to renew it. Um, and I had just finished a, a GA position at the YMCA and I did a really good job. This is the story I told you about where I think I got a job offer because I was the best at delivering my boss coffee. Right. I, I delivered him so much coffee. This is when I got addicted as well. But I delivered my boss so much coffee um, before he even requested it that he noticed that I paid attention to detail. And I'm sure I did a good job with the, the projects I had as well. And they made me an offer. And I remember getting that offer. And the first thing I said was, you know, I appreciate the offer. Um, uh, what are the hours? Because I knew I didn't want to give up track. Even if I wasn't going to be paid for it, I, I didn't want to give up track and field. Um, that was just where my passion was at. I'm a sports nerd, right? Um, so I said, what were hours? And the hours happened to be during practice. And I was like, so could we adjust those hours? Like, can I can work later. I can work earlier. Can we adjust these so I can go to track practice? And you know, I'm sure they replied about it, but they but they said no. Um, So I said, no, I said, I appreciate the offer, but I'm not interested, right? Sounds like my my common response to everyone that messages messages me on Facebook. (sighs) Do your homework. I'm not interested in in learning how to trade. I am a Forex coach. Just do your homework before you reach out to people. Anyway, so I I, I turned down a job offer um, because of that. And that was kind of the kick in the rear that I needed to get into trading because um, I didn't want to do the behavioral health job anymore. I didn't want to clean toilets anymore. Um, I wanted to keep doing track, but I wasn't getting paid to do it anymore. Um, And I was good at trading. I was good at the stock market, um, and I was trying to get used to Forex, wasn't good at it yet. But the reason that I became so passionate about pursuing trading as a career was because it was the one thing that would give me, it was one thing that I enjoyed, but it would also give me flexibility to do what I loved most, which was coach track and field. So although I was passionate about trading, I, I put myself in the, in the shoes of someone else, right? What if you're someone that doesn't really like trading, but you had these few months during the COVID experience, you found out that you have this skill, you have this hobby, you're able to monetize that hobby, right? You're good at it. You, you're able to put it in a, in, a, in a business type of plan where you can start making money off of it. Um, But all you need is the time, right? Once you go back to work, you're not going to have the time to do it. And it's a big leap to kind of quit your job before something is making money on the back end. Well, the cool thing about trading is, right, if you go back to Robert Kiyosaki's four quadrants, right, trading is you're a business owner, um, technically, and you're also an investor. And the right side of the quadrant is where you want to be because when you're on that right side of the quadrant, it means that your money can produce money with minimal time invested in doing so. So when you're doing what you want to do, uh, or when let's say when you're, when you're trading and you put yourself in a position where your money is making money, but you don't necessarily need to invest the time in it, now you have the time to pursue your real dream, the thing that you're really passionate about, and you don't have to worry about necessarily going broke on the back end. And some of you are asking yourself, well, well, don't you need to invest a certain amount of time in trading? Yes, you, you do need to invest a certain amount of time in trading, but there, there isn't necessarily a correlation between time and time and money. And I'll give you a great example, right? Many of the traders on my platform, including myself, we're working on a handful of, of daily strategies, right? So we're working on daily strategies where you literally have to look at the chart once a day, right? You get one candle a day right? You get one signal whenever it comes. You don't get one signal a day, but you you don't have to check it intraday. So you can literally look at your your charts at the five o'clock open or five o'clock close, whatever you want to call it. And you either have a signal or you don't, right? So you're investing maybe what? Maybe 15 minutes max. It probably takes you less than that once you get comfortable in it, but you're investing maybe 15 minutes into your trading to check things, to place orders, to place stocks, to place targets, all that fun stuff. And let's say you do get a position, right? So you get a signal, you enter your position, you enter your stops, you enter your targets, and then you're done. You're done. During the day or during the night, right? You can spend time doing this hobby, which you're trying to turn into a business. While that position you placed at the five o'clock close is making money for you now obviously it doesn't make money every day we all know that but for you guys that are new we when you trade something it should be testable verifiable and repeatable you should th- put it through a historical testing process you know that it has a positive expectancy a positive expectancy means that if you consistently follow it it will make money so you know when we say it will make money I'm not talking about every single trade I'm not talking about every single day every single week every single month but during the year, right throughout the year, at the end of the year, you should have a positive PL statement, and that is a perfect way to do it. So, even if you're not passionate, super passionate about trading, you could be super passionate about whatever that other thing is. And trading is the tool, it's the mechanism that's going to allow you to financially invest the time into pursuing whatever that desirable entrepreneur venture is, right? Um, And and that's kind of how my mind has changed over the years. Now, again, do I still think it's going to be tougher if you're not passionate about it? Yes, we all know that the backtesting process is a grueling process. It takes a very sick, (laughs) demented person to go through backtesting and and go through failure and failure and failure and and tweak and tweak and tweak and finally make it through. But if your why is strong enough, If your why you want to make it through is strong enough, you'll find a way. And that passion doesn't necessarily have to be trading. Rather, it could be what trading opens up for you.